So people are doing this from different aspects. We just found a gap for people who lost use of their hands. They're not paralyzed to a chair. They, they can move around all day. Um, and, you know, and they just want to use not only that one device, but a variety of devices all day for communication, education, and play. And that's what we decided to focus on. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20 Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today, I'm honored to be hosting Miri Berger here at Google for Startups, talking about how we can leverage technology to bring mobility and fine motor skills to people who may have lost them. Miri is the founder and CEO of Six Degrees. She's an industrial designer by training, completed a master's degree from the Pratt Institute and a BFA in ceramic design from the Betzalel Academy of Arts. She holds patents for her work in design and has over 15 years of experience in a wide variety of projects in the fields of toys, furniture, electronics, and soft goods. Miri specializes in designing products that consider unconventional needs, materials, and uses. Welcome, Miri. Miri Berger, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me over. Uh, you're working on something so special, six degrees. Uh, we're talking about motion and we're talking about smart motion, the integration of the physical and digital world, um, making some pretty tremendous positive impact on people that really need it. Uh, take me back a little bit to who you are and how this sort of came up for you five years ago when you co-founded Six Degrees. Well, um, to understand what happened five years ago, uh, I normally start with the actual origin story. Um, I met my husband at 19 while we were both serving in the military. Uh, my husband got injured. He, he's my husband now. I, I just met him then. He had uh, gotten injured a month earlier, a nerve injury to his leg as a paratrooper. And um, as in coming from family physicians, this led to introducing him to a neurosurgeon, which led to physical therapy and, and rehabilitation which actually has never stopped uh, since. And as he found himself and I found myself with him in rooms with other 18 to 22 year olds going through rehab um, that got injured in their limbs, their hands, their legs, uh, we found that past physical pain, the second thing that hits you is loss of independence. Mm -hmm. And it's, it also stays with you. And that really uh, stayed with us uh, emotionally, uh, conceptually, but also physically for him um, throughout our entire um, you know, life together. Fast forward 15 years later, we're married. We're both uh, at school. Uh, I'm, I'm at Pratt doing industrial design. He's at NYU running the innovation lab. And um, we met it again with a, with a lecturer uh, who lost his dominant hand. And we really wanted, um, starting with him, but then it grew into a larger population to connect people who lost the use of their hands back to communication, technology, um, and, and employment. But to do that with the guidance of independence. Wow. So that's how we kind of started Six Degrees. Uh, we both finished school five around, you know, uh, five years ago. Um, I was already working in design consultancy. We both decided we want to do this in Israel. So uh, I left my job in, in Brooklyn. Uh, we took our two kids and two 
pieces of suitcase and uh, came to Israel and started the company. Incredible, incredible. And so we're talking about people with disabilities or with lack of mobility in their upper limbs being able to be independent. That That is the, the basic premise. And so how does technology um, provide any support here? Well, what are some of the some of the ways that we can leverage technology to do that? Yeah, so, um, and I'll start with, with what we do, but I can yeah. obviously zoom out um, to what's going on in the ecosystem. Um, so we started with people who lost their fine motor skills. This means they can't use their hands because of injury, paralysis, or disease. Um, normally focused on finger motion, finger movement. Um, and this affects, you know, how you use a mouse, how you would tap a touchscreen, uh, how you uh, play a game with a controller and so on, uh, let's say on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we wanted to do is to take uh, the output, meaning the command on the side of the device, uh, but replace the action with motion. So instead of you clicking a mouse, you would move your uh, arm, you, you can twist it, make a whipping motion, a fist bump, um, or lift your shoulder, and that'll correspond to the computer as a click uh, or to the phone as a tap and so on. And so we also decided to do this focusing on individual motion because as you know, everyone's unique. Um, to quantify it a little more, we started out by putting 30 people with no mobility issues in a room and asked them to put on the device to gather data and to do the same motion. And the commonality between them was less than 30%, meaning wow. people are vastly different in the way that they move, and even in micro motions. And so we knew that we had to develop a technology or an algorithm to kind of accommodate to that and let everybody use their existing motion, their existing ability, not looking at the disability, but looking at what you can do uh, in order to to get back to using the di- digital world. Incredible. And, um, and talking about the eco- ecosystem, Uh, What's going on is a lot of people are doing this from different aspects. So that means if you can move your eyes, uh, you know, technology developed tracks your eyes and and uses that as a guidance for control. If you can move your head, it's the same thing. There are technologies that uh, focus on muscle potential, meaning you make them, you you flex your muscle and that sends a little electrical pulse uh, further or cameras that we all we all experience that through we tracking your body uh, shape and so on. So people are doing this from different aspects. We just found a gap for people who lost use of their hands. They're not paralyzed to a chair. They they can move around all day, um, and you know, and they just want to use not only that one device, but a variety of devices all day for communication, education, and play. And that's what we decided to focus on. And we're probably a little underestimating as a society the the role of fine motor skills, especially with our hands, right? Uh, we 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 constantly talk about opposable thumbs as sort of the the burn butter of what differentiates us. And uh, but but I think we underestimate what happens when you lose that fine motor skill, right? It's not just if you're in a wheelchair that you have that you're lacking independence, but it's but it, but it's something like that. So so what is what is the product that Six Degrees is working on to tackle this? Yeah. Um, so. Thanks for the question. So we basically, we developed a product called MyMove, uh, which uh, is a off-the-shelf hardware, meaning it the same technology exists in other smartwatches that you know today or, or in phones. Um, uh, but the, the, this hardware in our product um, is, is layered with an algorithm that looks at motion. So basically you can take MyMove, it looks kind of like a, a, a wearable, a generic wearable um, uh, smartwatch. Uh, you can place it on your wrist and the watch area on the upper arm uh, or on your leg. Uh, so basically any limb that can move. And it asks, we ask you to do a five-minute onboarding uh, through playing a game. Uh, five minutes. Five minutes. 
Uh, we start out by asking where you place the device. Then we ask you to put turn on Bluetooth so you can connect it to sure. uh, the computer, phone, tablet. Um, then we ask you to play a five-minute game. Um, and throughout that five-minute game, we look at your motion, range, ability, speed, accuracy, whether you have involuntary motion like tremor. Um, in other words, we just ask you to stay still and see what that looks like. Um, and uh, through that, we kind of build a, a library of basically 720 different aspects of the way that you move. Wow. Uh, and we do that in uh, 80 samples a second, meaning really, really fast. So every time you move or don't move, we add that to the algorithm and that teaches the algorithm about you specifically. Uh, after that five minutes, you can now take that Bluetooth connection with no program installed, no um, extra uh, hardware like a dongle uh, or a camera. You just uh, turn on your Bluetooth, find the MyMove device on that um, on, on your Bluetooth computer, or phone, tablet, and connect, and you can start going. And so at that moment, you're able to effectively exert fine, t fine motor skills on your smart device without actually exerting fine, if, you know, fine motor skills on the device. Yeah, from that moment on, uh, we take the motion that you chose uh, as a command. Uh, you can think of it as a gesture. Sure. Um, and we, uh, and that gesture is going to be an action on the on the corresponding device. So if you chose, let's say, a fist bump uh, motion, then that fist bump will be a right click or a left click on your computer. It'll also be a tap uh, or a swipe on your phone, or it can be the X button or the Y button on your controller, gaming controller. And you moving right, le left, up and down the way that you do. Sure. Uh, will be the corresponding motion. Sorry of a. Uh, of the mouse moving on the screen, or the cursor, I mean, moving on the screen, or uh, or the um, joystick that you would use on a gaming controller. Interesting. Um, and then you can basically use that to get back to full function. And so, so now I understand the importance of the of the precision that you were talking about before, the training the model specifically from your own actions that, that feeds itself, and to be able to be, to have, be, have very precise identification of what gestures you're making because it's very easy to confuse this with this, right? Yeah. Uh, and so you want to make sure that you're getting it exactly right because that could be the difference of sending the email or not sending the email uh, in, you know, in, in our cases. Sure. Uh, now, when you talk to me a little bit about the creation of the product, I'm, I'm always really curious about those types of things with hardware, the physical world. How do you even approach a process like this? As a designer yourself, how do you how do you think through building the product from the consumer's perspective, their experience, their market education that needs to come to this? I'd love to hear it all. So uh, obviously, this is an uh, iterate, iterative process. Um, it was learn, uh, correct, repeat, uh, and 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 so on throughout the lifetime of the company. Uh, but I'm I'm a really big believer in inclusion by design. And so we started out mm. picking uh, the ends of the spectrum, meaning people who can move too much or too little uh, as the models for, for the algorithm, for the technology. Uh, and we know that through designing for, the, for those uh, ends, um, we cover the middle. And mm. uh, we started out by thinking of really simple things like how to use your phone. You use it lying down, sitting up, walking on a train. And if you think of, say... Um, the thing that reads speed on your phone, the accelerometer. Um, then if you're wearing something with an accelerometer and you're, on, you're in a, a car or a train, that comes into effect. Um, let's say uh, camera devices that you know today, the Wii, doesn't really capture you lying down on the bed and, sure. you know, chilling. Uh, so we really started thinking about, you know, where people would use this device throughout the day. Um, and then we asked them to use it, which is the, 
obvious next step, but uh, you see a lot of technologies being developed and kind of when they're done, uh, the user comes in. I think it's really important to have that iterative process with the user right in the beginning. I always call our users uh, the, the company employee that you never meet in the office uh, because they're really, really important. Uh, their feedback, their input uh, is really critical to get a good um, you know, technology or product out there. What was was the process sort of trivial from a planning perspective? I mean, did you sort of understand the problem because you've you've had those personal experiences and you were subjected to them? So you understood a little bit where the pain points were and how and how you built the confidence because part of it is not just regaining those skills, but also regaining the confidence mm -hmm. that you can have those fine motor skills, especially on on you know on on these things that that are generally we think of them as very very fast quick paced actions? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I would love to say I planned everything in the beginning, uh, but that would be uh, incorrect. I um, We actually started, as I said, making this product for one individual. This individual had an amputation uh, below the elbow mm -hmm. and was wearing a prosthetic. Uh, and we started out by uh, looking at the user as someone who wears a prosthetic. And this individual was also uh, a CAD designer, a computer mm -hmm. modeling um, uh, wow. expert, a teacher. And so we wanted to have this function in CAD, in a computer. Um, at, and then as we asked other wounded veterans uh, in the US, as well as uh, wounded veterans in Israel, if they want to try it, they, uh, they said, well, I have a friend with MS. I have uh, uh, an aunt who has tremor. I have uh, you know, a cousin that has nerve injury and, and can't really put anything on their skin. Can we put this on clothing? And so every question, so it started out by looking at a problem and trying to, to adapt a solution. And then uh, that solution kind of grew into um, you know, uh, an ad hoc, sorry, uh, an at request um, development. So we wanted to help as many people as possible so we were looking at you know when we when someone came with tremor we're like that's great we can add this aspect to the algorithm and have them read the tremor and see how that works and so it was an evolving process how do you decide you know what where, where, where to go from here with six degrees i mean there's so many different things that you can do right how how do you sort of think through the prioritization or the rationalization of what are the right features to be building out or the right products then the next my move, if you will, to be built out, what, is, what does this process for you look like? Yeah, so I mean, until this point, I kind of focused on technology, but I think yeah. um, once you, when you're building a company, you have to also take the business aspect and the vision or the mission into account. So in, uh, in our case, uh, our vision and mission was to start out uh, by including uh, the, the people that we service, people who lost their fine motor skills or dexterity, um, throughout, you know, throughout their accommodating their use of technology throughout the day. That could be uh, when they're using their media console in a car. Uh, it could be when they're using their smart devices to communicate. That could be at work. Um, it could be in a presentation. Uh, it could be in a, a variety of aspects. So I think the first thing that we look at uh, when we chose when we choose um, where to go next, we're looking at our population. Mm -hmm. um, Secondly, you have to look at the end game, the vision. Uh, and for us, it's for this technology or this user experience to be embedded in any wearable device. So you don't need my move. You can take the algorithm embedded in any smartwatch to allow anyone to do this. You don't have to have an injury uh, or a disability in order to use this. And I think that's part of having this inclusive, uh, that anyone is, you know, sure. is on a level playing field. Uh, so, uh, so that is another guidance. Um, and the third is really... Uh, 
what is the path in order to accelerate that, uh, you know, these steps moving up? So uh, our path is we, we start we just started uh, selling my move in April uh, in the U.S. Fo- focused mainly, but also in Australia and Brazil. Uh, and we I'm happy to say that we're actually selling it to assistive technology libraries, to universities to get, um, wow. you know, students back to school or back to sorry, to education, but also writing their project and doing their graphics by themselves. Uh, and we're uh, selling it to corporates in order to get employees not only with uh, a severe or visible uh, disability, but also someone who can be a programmer and suffers from carpal tunnel syndrome and can go to work because of that, you know, momentarily or for a few months. Um, and so we started hitting those verticals, which are still under the mission, but um, can grow the company to the next stage. So I'm hearing that primarily from a go-to-market until now, you're, you, there was a lot of different businesses that are that are taking interest in this for the different people that are within, whether it's students in universities, employees in companies, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there a specific reason why you found that B2B is, a, is, the, is the strong approach here now versus then going after the consumer market? Because obviously anybody that has fine motor issues, they, they, this is something that's hugely relevant for them and also in their daily lives, not just in work. Yeah, and that's a great question. For us, we looked at what other companies did um, and kind of uh, put the weight, the um, the how fast this would you know reach the end consumer or the end user uh, going through the company versus going through the end user first. Um, and so we reached out to these organizations, the AT programs, the businesses, um, the corporates. I mean, and um, and the AT programs, the the businesses, and uh, the universities uh, because they take care of the financing. They purchase the device, they give it to the end user to use for a few months, weeks, days, uh, and so on, or semesters. Uh, and so uh, in that case, the the end user can try this out risk-free and really get, gather the benefit and the value. And we see that as a starting point uh, to grow this. So you can really, it's kind of, it's a new technology. The market doesn't really know about it. Right. And we thought it would be uh, best for the end user not to be the purchaser and not to pay for it, but only to gain the value. Um, and it's important to say that it's not only for the end user, it's also for their surrounding family, friends, um, you know, their company benefits from this, the university benefits from this because they access uh, a lot more people. Um, so it's, it's really, you think of it as like, you know, the drop, but then the wave that comes after. Right. Now, you mentioned that you and your husband sort of picked up your whole family, finished your jobs and came here to start this. So it sounds like you had such a, a deep and meaningful personal conviction as to where you're going here. Do you feel that in the day to day? In lo- looking back, do you feel the, 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 what you were hoping to feel working on this, working on Six Degrees? I think having a startup is amazing. Uh, it doesn't mean that all of you should go out and, and start one. Uh, it's also very difficult. There are, there are a lot of adversities. You keep learning new skills and um, basically facing new challenges every single day. Um, obviously, everyone changes, uh, faces challenges every day, but, um, but in the case of a startup, you, you're facing a challenge and you have to uh, kind of address how that challenge would affect uh, the, the customers you sell to, your investors, your employees, yourself, your family. Uh, and you have to do that every kind of minute, every time that happens uh, over and over again. So on one hand, uh, it's difficult because of the challenge. And the other, it's rewarding. Uh, because once somebody comes with feedback and says, you know, um, you got me to this place or 
you had me, you know, doing something independently. You reduced pain. You uh, took a burden from from someone, and you get that. You know, you get those trinkles not every day, but every once in a while. And and you look at it, and it normally comes uh, in parallel to kind of a challenge that you're tackling. And at that moment, that challenge becomes really miniature. Um, it really reduces it to okay, I'll great, I'll solve this so I can get the next one. Um, so for us, a, an impact-based business is is really what we wanted to start and what we're building. Um, and I I love having it. So it it sounds like this the this why that you have is so strong that it just overcomes a lot of these other challenges that you meet in the day to day. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a, a you know a beacon that you can follow. Um, and if you're you know, on one hand, it keeps you focused and you're vertical in your business. And on the other, it keeps you focused on why you're there doing it. Uh, because otherwise, there's no really reason to start a startup. Uh, you know, you, 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 uh, you basically, you pay someone to work. So, <laughs> so until a certain point. So, um, and you work many hours and um, it's, it's always a cost, uh, a cost reward uh, kind of um, scale. Sure. Uh, because you're always losing out on things, but you're also gaining a lot. Incrementally. You know, I have here uh, on your website open and, and I have the video rolling and it's just so cool watching how people are, are leveraging, you know, very simple movements that from what you said before are very unique to them. They're very precise to their own interpretation of those movements and those actions. Uh, and, and they're able to do go anything from uh, from Photoshop a cat to open up a browser to play game to flip through a slideshow to edit an image I edit it. it's just so cool and i can only think about you know going back to what you were mentioning before realizing that right after the disability itself it's the the, the second hardest thing there is losing the independence yeah that that this is something that's not trivial right losing independence now understand that we're not able to do what we were doing before and uh, regaining autonomy at least in the digital sphere which is where most of our jobs are anyways today I think that's a pretty, pretty incredible impact that you're making. So thank you. Thank you for the amazing work. And thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Mary, this is a great journey. And I look forward to, to continuing following Six Degrees. And I continue uh, looking forward to listening to this uh, and seeing where other people are impacting the world. Thank you so much for having me over. Thank you.